What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the first and foremost sports podcast. This is episode 49, and this is your NFL draft special. Uh, I'm you're here with your guy Jimmy Covington. What's going on, everybody? I'm Quentin Douglas. I'm fired up. We got a good show right, on how deck you doing, today. Man? How you doing, man? Oh, uh, my bad. Like I guess I jumped the gun, but like I said, I'm fired up. We got the NFL mock draft special. Uh, we're gonna be running through the first round. Uh, so how you been doing, my guy? I'm chilling, man. Chilling. Really ready for the draft tomorrow. Yeah, of course. As soon as the Super Bowl ends, really for some teams, even before then, you automatically start looking forward to the draft and pretty much that's all you talk about. So it's good that now it'll finally be happening tomorrow night. So I'm excited. Definitely. It's an opportunity of a lifetime for some young men that's been basically playing the game since they were little. And they about to change their life and family in their families' lives as well. But it is important to remember that it doesn't matter what number you get drafted at. Only thing that's important is you know you go to a team that, that best utilizes your skills, and that's you know that's what's most conducive to success at the next level. And I think that's a great point you bring up because you know that really plays a big factor in how successful a guy is. You know, once they enter the NFL. Uh, things like coaching staff, um, how well the organization is run. Because we see, uh, you know, all over the league, dysfunctional organizations here and there who have just been stuck in the mud for years. And, you know, pretty much you already know there's going to be players who get drafted this year who will go to teams. And, you know, as far as W's go, uh, they won't really get to experience that much success. Definitely. Uh, but I do want to put in a disclaimer here. So in terms of the, we picked from the top 50 prospects and we looked at uh, Daniel Jeremiah and we also looked at Mel Kuyper's uh, top 50 draft prospects. So that's where we're pulling. That's where we'll be pulling names from. But Quinn, let's go ahead and get started, man. I'm going to let you start off with number one and we're going to alternate. All right. Here we go, man. So number one overall uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence. Everybody knows this pick is pretty much 110% a go at this point. Uh, you know, if you think there's going to be anybody else drafted number one other than Trevor Lawrence, then you've been living under a rock. But he's arguably one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in years. You know, he has the arm strength. He's mobile in the pocket, which is really an underrated aspect of his game. We saw on the biggest stage just how athletic he is. Um, so, like I said, I hope Jacksonville can build a proper team around him. Of course, Urban Meyer being his first year. But Trevor Lawrence is going to be the face of this franchise for the next decade. I was going number one as well. Uh, I don't think this this pretty much been a foregone conclusion for the longest. He has all the tools, can make all the throws. Uh, great athleticism. You, you see him run away from guys from time to time. So the man's a monster. Yeah, man, I 100% agree with you. He's been destined to be the number one pick probably since his junior, senior year of high school. So, like I said, it's 110% a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, let's move on to pick two here. For, for the New York Jets, I have them drafting quarterback Zach Wilson 
uh, from BYU, standing at six foot three, two hundred fourteen pounds, has a solid frame, can make every throw in the book, uh, whether it's on schedule, off schedule, off platform, uh, off his back leg, all of that. He can make every throw in the book, and I think you know, I think that's the best pick for what they want to do going forward. Yeah, you know, pretty much this this pick is a foregone conclusion. Also, you know, Zach Wilson, he's a guy. He actually had a pretty good freshman year. Um, you know, he suffered some injuries his sophomore year, came back this year, had another great year with 33 touchdowns and only three picks. Uh, he's a really athletic guy. He can throw the deep ball and, you know, another situation, hopefully with a new coaching staff there in New York, um, you know, they can build the right team around them with the Jets. And this is what we're mentioning that uh, Mike Shanahan's – not Mike Shanahan, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan's brother is going to be the coordinator. So, you know, that family is known for offensive football. So, you know, with a guy like Zach Wilson, you know, maybe the Jets can go get back to prominence. Right. And I think the only knock against Zach Wilson really, of course, he played at BYU, so they're going to question his level of competition. And I know really against Power 5 schools, I know namely – uh, when they played in Knoxville against UT, uh, he played uh, another, you know, one or two other Power Five schools too, and he really just didn't blow you away. So, like you say, it's gonna be a matter of how his game translates to the next level against elite competition. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, this pick is near and dear to my heart. At number three overall, the San Francisco 49ers will be going with Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. You know, there's all these trade rumors about Mac Jones. You know, it, it really burns my soul, honestly. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do if we pick Mac Jones with this third overall pick, especially after giving up that much draft capital. I mean, Justin Fields' potential is it, just limitless. I mean, it really doesn't have a ceiling. Um, he, Of course, first and foremost, his athleticism, a quarterback running a 4-4 and a 40-yard dash, and that's with stumbling, just in case you missed it. Um, you know, he has the arm strength. He's a good decision maker. You know, he really doesn't turn the ball over too much. He really just had a few games that were outliers. But other than that, I mean, he really has a complete game. And I guess really the only knock on him at this point is, you know, how will he work through progressions at the next level? And I think that's something that can be coached. So, like I said, I think his potential is limitless. I actually think they should take Justin Fields as well. If not Justin Fields, definitely Trey Lance. I don't see any reason to pick Mac Jones there. I know he's most similar to what you know Kyle Shanahan likes in the quarterback, but why not get a guy uh, with way far more upside? I would say a, a far higher ceiling, uh, far more athleticism, and similar levels levels of accuracy at every part of the field. So that's a great pick. Appreciate that. I think we both pretty much get an A for our pick so far. Oh, definitely. Moving this on is here where it might four. get interesting. Yes, okay, so number four, we have the Atlanta Falcons. Now, personally, I believe the Falcons should trade the pick 
Uh, but for the purposes of this draft, we're not do, uh, doing trades that haven't already occurred. So at this spot, I'm going Trey Lance. Uh, I have them selecting their quarterback. I got them select. I got them selecting their quarterback of the future. Um, you know, Matt Ryan still playing ball at a high level. Had over four thousand yards, over twenty five touchdowns last year. He's still balling now. They still have Julio as of right now. Still have Calvin Ridley. You know, so I see them uh, selecting their signal call of the future now. That's just you know in terms of this mock draft. And like I said, I expect them. To, I I believe they should actually trade the pick back and you know accumulate more picks to try to build up their defense because the offense is is going to be electric as always. You know, with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley on the outside. So I honestly believe they should trade back and draft a defender. But I didn't feel like there was a defender that was worthy of the number four pick. So that's why I went quarterback. Man, you know that's interesting. I and I really like Trey Lance. Uh, you know, I was actually torn on whether or not we should get him or Justin Fields. I guess really he is a raw talent, and you know, you really question for one, he sat out for so long, and at the next level, of course, if he goes to Atlanta, he'll probably be sitting out for another year or you know, however long uh, Matt Ryan's still there, but. You know, I probably would have went defense, but I definitely agree with you that Trey Lance is their quarterback of the future. Like I said, we'll we'll see. I don't I don't think they'll draft a quarterback tomorrow night, but as for right now, I'm just gonna say they go with Trey Lance. So with the fifth overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals, we're gonna take Panay Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon. Pretty much, you know. I don't know who follows the Bengals unless you were a Joe Burrow fan at LSU and you just wanted to track him in the NFL. But, you know, they've pretty much been dysfunctional for years. But they lucked up this time around in the draft into who some call a generational talent at the left tackle position. Um, you know, he sat out this past year. So, you know, that's a question mark. But, you know, what you can't question is when he was on the field, he was athletic. You know, he showed he's strong, has powerful hands. And, you know, they really – it's a number one priority, especially with the torn ACL he suffered last year, to protect Joe Burrow. So, you know, you pretty much want to invest all you can, and you can't get any better than Panay Sewell at that position. Hey, that's a great pick. Uh, Panay Sewell is arguably the best tackle in this draft. He is a road grader in the run game. He's an instant starter. I think he feels a need. He feels a desperate need for them at tackle. No doubt. Yeah, like I said, you know, I think the only question mark is, you know, him sitting out this past year. But other than that, pretty much even since before last year, he was a lock to go top two if it wasn't, you know, such quarterback needy teams at the top of this draft. Definitely. But moving on here to number six, the Miami Dolphins. I had them selecting offensive weapon slash tight end Kyle Pitts at the University of Florida. Oh, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is my def my definitely my favorite player in this draft. A six foot five, two hundred and forty six pounds, uh ran a four four forty yard dash. Is a freak athlete, can do it uh, in a slot, can do it playing the X receiver, can do can inline block, uh, can run every route. And the man is a monster, and he got enough speed. I've seen him dominate corners out there on the boundary, and, and I'm talking about SEC corners. 
you know, the top two corners, I think, in this year's draft are, you know, Patrick Sertain, the second, and J.C. Horn. And I saw him dominate both of them guys on the boundary. So I have no no questions about what Kyle Pitts can do. I think his ceiling is an all-pro. I think that's what he'll be. If he's an all-pro in a couple of years, don't be surprised. My, I got Miami giving Tua, you know, another weapon to add. And so then I'll, it'll be him, Mike Gusecki, uh, Devontae Parker, and Will Fuller the fifth. And it's going to be a dynamic offense. All Tua has to do is just distribute the ball around. Look, man, I think this is as about as good of a home run pick as it gets in this draft. You know, I agree with your statement you made earlier that, or you've made on numerous occasions, that Kyle Pitts is, you know, the best non-quarterback player in this upcoming NFL draft. You know, obviously he pops off the screen immediately with his size and athleticism. Uh, you know, you really, like you said, there's no label for him. As you said, he's an offensive weapon, and, you know, he has elite ball skills. Um, and, you know, really, I guess, all you hope he could work on uh, over the duration of his NFL career is probably his blocking ability and his footwork. Uh, but, you know, me, my favorite receivers of all time have always been physical freaks of nature. And, you know, this guy fits that mold of guys like Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson who've come before him. I think the thing is, I've watched every single game Kyle Pitts has played in the last two seasons, uh, with the exception of one. And I think the thing is, people don't even realize they don't follow Florida. He actually can block. They just didn't ask him to do that as often. He, I, I've seen him make some great plays in the run game in terms of blocking. So he definitely is a willing blocker. Of course, you know, when you get to the NFL, your technique gets better. So I think he'll he'll only get better one time as time goes along. And it also depends on, you know, what the Miami Dolphins ask him to do as well. No doubt, man. But I think he'll definitely be a guy who could be making the case down the line for a possible gold jacket. And I think this next guy that I'm going to take with my next pick could as well. So with that being said, at the seventh overall pick with the Detroit Lions, I have them taking wide receiver Jamar Chase. You know, to be sitting at seven. I say this is a pretty good consolation prize for the Detroit Lions. Uh, you know, obviously, we know their biggest move this offseason was trading Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. You know, on their end, we all might be scratching our heads. But, you know, given their team situation, they lost pretty much all their top receivers from last season, namely guys like Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones Jr., who are now elsewhere. But Jamar Chase is a guy who can come in from day one, be your number one guy. And we saw just how dominant he was at LSU. And I have no doubt that he'll be a talented guy at the next level. Jamar Chase is a monster. He's a monster. You know, after the catching, he's a monster with contested catches. Uh, 4-3 speed. Uh, at 200 pounds, the man is—he's a, a monster. He was the best. He was considered the best receiver in college football during 2019. Yeah, no doubt. And I think because of Devontae Smith, you know, who's still on the board, a lot of people forgot just how good Jamar Chase was for that historic LSU offense in 2019. 
Definitely. And it, and it fits a need for the Detroit Lions. Like you mentioned, they lost Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. So it, it fits a need. They get a dynamic player. Exactly. And it gives Jared Goff not only a dynamic guy, but somebody who could also be a security blanket. Definitely. Definitely. So with, with the eighth pick, I have the Carolina. So I honestly believe, again, that pick may be traded. I know I saw reports earlier that the Carolina Panthers and the New England Patriots have to have groundwork laid to possibly, you know, uh, make a trade. So I honestly believe that pick might be traded. I think Carolina is going to move down. They tr- traded Teddy Bridgewater today, and they, tr- they traded for Sam Darnold a few weeks ago. So I believe they have their guy at quarterback, but it's all about protecting them. So if they do stay right here, I have them selecting Rashawn Slater. Uh, a tackle out of Northwestern. Now, Rashawn Slater is a monster. He's another guy that opted out for the 2020 season. He made 37 starts uh, at both tackle spots, only allowed two pressures as a left tackle in 2019, and that's in the Big Ten. So, And I saw him play against uh, uh, last year's defensive rookie of the year in Chase Young, and he balled out. He dominated Chase Young when I watched him play in 2019. So, Rashawn Slater is a monster. I saw him, you know, at Pro Day. I saw him working out, lifting weights. The man is a monster. And, you know, it'll be somebody to protect Sam Darnold opposite of uh, Taylor Montan. Yeah, man. This is a very good pick. Like you said, Rashawn Slater, I saw that game firsthand. He pretty much put claps on Chase Young. Uh, You know, he's pretty much a positional flexibility guy on the offensive line. He's physical. He can also block at the second level uh, as far as linebackers, safeties, things of that nature. Uh, but like you said, with them going with Sam Darnold as their quarterback of the future, uh, especially with Teddy Bridgewater now out of town in Denver, uh, a priority for them is protecting uh, Sam Darnold. So definitely a good pick. Definitely. So number nine overall, the Denver Broncos, you know, they're also a team, they actually made a, a trade earlier today for Teddy Bridgewater. So they could be a candidate also to possibly move back. But right now with them being put with the ninth overall pick, I have the Denver Broncos drafting Patrick Sertain out of Alabama. Oh, you so childish, man. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, so I didn't already ruin your draft? <laughs> so, of course, you know, the Eagles, they originally had the number six pick, but they traded back with us to this 12 spot uh, since they pretty much at this point uh, – Wait, wait, wait. My bad. I'm picking for the Broncos. <laughs> I said the Eagles, didn't I? Yeah, you did. You did. My bad. I meant to say Broncos. Uh, but Patrick Sertain's a guy. He was dominant at Alabama. Uh, you know, we discussed this earlier. I guess my only question mark with him would be his high-end speed. But he pretty much is a bump-and-run technique type guy. He has the length. He has the instincts. He has the production and experience. So I think this is a great pick for Denver and that defense. We know how much they value corners in that in that defensive scheme. So ah, you got my guy. I was just about to take him next, man. 
I had to, man. You took, you know, my number one guy for them was Trey Lance. So yeah, it's, it's with him I didn't have much of a choice. Patrick Sertan is the most technically sound corner in the draft. Uh, has NFL bloodlines. His dad was an excellent corner. Played in the mid 2000s. So that's a great pick for Denver. They did lose. Uh, they add, they also added uh, Kyle not, Kyle Fuller, a uh, cornerback from from Chicago Bears. Chicago, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, of so. course, uh, Vic Fangio, who's now the head coach, he coached uh, Kyle Fuller while he was in Chicago. So, yep. So. Forming a young, exciting tandem at corner. Uh, I, I mean, oh, it's a great, good pick, good pick. Appreciate it, appreciate it. But now that you took my guy from the actual number ten, I'm still going cornerback, and I'm still Ooh, going SEC. Yeah, that hurt. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. <laughs> J.C. Horn, standing at six foot one, two hundred five pounds. It's probably the best cover corner, man cover corner in his draft. He has great instincts. Uh, with good size and speed. He fits the need for the Dallas Cowboys. They were getting torched on the back end last year. They did draft promising rookie last year in, Tra- in uh, Trevon Diggs, who played well. Uh, I think he had four or five, th- three or four interceptions last year, excuse me. So pair him up, you know, opposite of Trevon Diggs, and I think he's going to have a, a nice corner tandem for years to come in Dallas. Man, you know, that is a great pick. Like you said, you know, he's arguably the second-best guy you know, depending on who you talk to, he's probably the best corner coming out in this draft. Uh, you know, whether or not you prefer Patrick Sertain or not. But like you said, Dallas sorely needs that help in the secondary. And I think this is a great pickup there at the 10th spot. So next up, you know, this is probably about as good as it could have got for me so far on my draft board. Uh, with the 11th overall pick, the New York Giants. I'm gonna select Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. Man, uh, you know, he just put on the greatest statistical and accolade season we've seen from the wide receiver position in college football history. Uh he's a master at creating separation. Of course, we question his size, but his speed. And his ability to just make plays is unmatched, man. And like I said, at 11 overall, I think this is an absolute steal for the New York Giants. It definitely is. And it just adds another weapon for Daniel Jones. They also, they already had Saquon Barkley, obviously. You know, they had Evan Ingram, uh, Sterling Sterling Shepard, and then they added Kenny Galladay. So you just add another guy, you know, for Daniel Jones to get the ball to. Exactly, and that should help out with his development. And speaking of Saquon Barkley, uh, before we recorded, I actually saw he'll be on track to return week one uh, next season from his ACL injury. So they should be a pretty formidable offense. And Devontae Smith is actually my favorite receiver in his draft. He superb route running skills, great hands. I honestly feel like, you know, at best, I believe he could be Marvin Harrison. And Marvin Harrison's a Hall of Famer. So that's how highly I think of Devontae Smith. Oh, that's pretty lofty comparison. I think, you know, if if he stays healthy and, you know, the Giants, whatever team's draft him just uses him correctly, I think he has that type of ceiling. Hey, and don't sleep on the Giants, man. They putting together a nice little roster. I definitely. Believe me, I've been paying attention. Believe me. 
Yeah, in that NFC East, huh? <laughs> Which, hey, this this about to be, we got another NFC East team, third in a row. Yep, so with the number 12 pick, I have the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Jalen Waddle, receiver out of the University of Alabama. I figure, okay, okay, okay. Jalen Waddle is as electric as anybody when he has the ball in his hands. The man is a monster. Uh, he's at five foot ten, one hundred seventy-seven pounds. He's an electric game-breaking receiver and a returner. He has seventeen receiving touchdowns in his Alabama career. He averaged forty-four and a half yards to catch on those seventeen receiving touchdowns. So that's the definition of a big, a big-time player, big-time plays. Uh, kind of reminds you a little bit of Tyreek Hill with the way. You know, he can, you can move him around. You can put him in a slot. You can put him on the outside. He runs great routes, creates separation with his speed, and I think, you know, that's a great pick for him. They have struggled at receiver these last few years, and I think it gives, you know, Jalen Hurts a guy to throw the rock to. Yeah, man, I like that Alabama reunion between the two Jalens. Like you said, his speed is game-breaking. I actually saw Devontae Smith in the interview with Shannon Sharp. He said, you know, he'd take Jalen Waddle in a 40-yard dash over Henry Ruggs. And, of course, if you remember, Henry Ruggs ran a 4-2-7 last year. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get to see Jalen Waddle play this year uh, or the full season. He suffered that injury uh, against Tennessee uh, where, you know, hurt his ankle. But, like I said, that's a great pickup for the Philadelphia Eagles and gives Jalen Hurts a great weapon. So, that man's a game breaker. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. So, now with the 13th overall pick, I'm going to have the L.A. Chargers go with offensive lineman Christian Derisaw out of Virginia Tech. You know, Derisaw is a plug-and-play left tackle, and, you know, pretty much, the Chargers have a gaping hole right there. So, you know, he's a composed player. He has a great frame at the position. He's a great pass protector. So that's going to be a huge bonus and a huge plus with Justin Herbert as their quarterback of the future. So, you know, he's not the most athletic guy. But like I said, he really can anchor down and really block, hold down that left side for Justin Herbert. Took another one of my players, man. God. <laughs> hate to God. see it, man. You hate to see hey, but, it. Uh, you, you hit the nail right on the head. He's a plug-and-play guy. Uh, tackle, specifically left tackle, is a position of need. Got to protect your young guy. Chargers don't need any receivers. You know, they have Keenan Allen, who's one of the best in the game. They got Mike Williams. They have an excellent right tackle in Brian Balaga. Uh, but left tackle was a sore spot for them, man. That, you know, they, they get their guy. No doubt, man. No doubt. But next here, we have the Minnesota Vikings at 14, and I have them taking offensive tackle Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC, who offers mm -hmm. them some position. He offers them some positional versatility. He's also great at guard. I honestly believe he would be the best guard in this draft uh, as well. He's a monster. And he actually he got better once he moved out of tackle, uh, flashed some elite traits while he was there. So, you know, they lost their guy in Riley Reef uh, to free agency. They lost him. So, filling in with a younger player. Yeah, man. You know, I haven't I haven't found any disagreement with any of your picks so far. You know, Elijah Vera Tucker, he's another guy, like you said, 
He really brings some uh, positional versatility to the offensive line. Uh, you know, he has a really good frame, and, you know, he could really play tackle or guard. So he's a really good pick in this spot. So, of course, up next we have one of the most arguably hated franchises in the NFL. <laughs> well, I don't know much anymore since they – uh, aren't at the top, but the New England Patriots at the 15th overall pick. I have them taking quarterback Mac Jones <laughs> of Alabama. Uh, you know, the Mac Jones slide finally ends. Uh, there's been all this hype around him going number three overall. I just don't get it. But, you know, Bill Belichick, he stays put. I don't know if he'll be able to get Mac Jones at 15 realistically tomorrow night. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if this is a team that makes a trade up. But, you know, he steps in as a guy. You can groom him behind Cam Newton or, you know, he can push Cam Newton or in the event of an injury, he can step in and you won't have much drop off. Uh, you know, he's definitely a great quarterback. Uh, he's very accurate. He He's good with his timing, and he's poised against pressure. So, you know, I think this is a great pick for the New England Patriots. Uh, that's, a, that's a good pick. I honestly believe they may draft, trade up to go get Mac Jones. I honestly believe that could happen. Uh, but I I don't I, – I think Kyle Shanahan will be a fool to take him at three. So, you know, I think him being around at 15 is very much – I probably uh, don't play. take him at three. <laughs> I think I think it, I think it's very much in play for him at fifteen. Uh, allow him to sit behind Cam Newton for at least a year. You know, learn the system. And, you know, hopefully, you know, New England has their guy going. Hopefully, they they have their guy going forward. Yeah, man, great pickup. At number sixteen, I have the Arizona Cardinals going cornerback and taking Caleb Fairley out of Virginia Tech. Uh, they mm. lost. They lost longtime corner Patrick Peterson. Uh, he's going to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Caleb Fairley is six foot two, two hundred seven pounds, and the, the man is a is a freak, a freak athlete. He's another twenty twenty opt out. Uh, in twenty nineteen, he only allowed a completion percentage of twenty four percent when he was the primary defender back in twenty nineteen. So that goes to show that you know the man doesn't he doesn't allow you to complete passes. He is a stickler in corner. Uh, is a big guy at 207 pounds, six foot two, and I think you know if he can come back healthy from those couple back procedures he's had, I think the Arizona Cardinals have their guy again at corner going forward. Yeah, man. Again, I can't make any argument with this pick. You know, without the red flags on his back injury, you know he was a guy who was arguably shooting up draft boards to be a top ten pick. So you know, like you said. Arizona will be looking to get their long-term solution in their corner with the departure of Patrick Peterson in Minnesota. Uh, so this is a great value pick at this spot for their defense. So at 17 overall with the way the board has fallen, I have the Las Vegas Raiders taking linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State. This is another guy arguably top five, top ten talent in this draft uh, who slides down just because of other teams' needs at different positions. Uh, but the Raiders, 
They were a team, you know, they tried to fix the linebacker situation last year, but it didn't work out. So, you know, Michael Parsons has a lot of speed. Um, and, you know, like I said, this is great value at this spot. He has great range at the position, great size, and he's a sure tackler. Um, I think the one thing, I guess, that lacks in his game is his instincts, and he could be over-aggressive at times. But other than that, you know, he has a lot of untapped potential, and he can be a real difference maker. Uh, definitely. He, the man the man is he's, – he's a monster. Uh, he's a metahuman. I call him a metahuman. <laughs> can do can do That's everything, <laughs> and also at six foot three, two hundred forty six pounds, he offers some pass rush versatility as well as being able to be on the field all three downs. So that that man is a monster. I, I see no problem with him taking him at seventeen. I actually personally, I had him, you know, at nine going to Denver, uh, which you know you already took took Patrick Sertan, so. Yeah, I had to go ahead and get that secondary to lock up. Because, you know, they still got, at least for now, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. So. But I guess you can never have too much pass rush. That's true. That's true. That's true. So, at 18, the Miami Dolphins have their second pick. And 18, I wanted to go tackle. Uh, but I don't think there's a tackle right now that's uh, worthy of taking at 18. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go edge rusher, and I'm gonna go with Quiddy Pay. Mm. Six foot three, two hundred seventy pounds. Back in in last season, he got pressure on twenty one percent of his snaps, which is second in the FBS. Uh, sacks have been a problem. He only has eleven and a half sacks in four seasons, but you're hoping with better coaching and uh, improved technique. He can turn that produ- He can turn up his production. Man, yeah, Quiddy Pay. This is another guy. You know, has a lot of potential. I think you know only question marks. His experience in on-field production isn't quite where you want it to be. But when you watch him in games, you know his explosiveness is you know unmatched, really. And you know he's really good at creating leverage. So for you know. The Dolphins, this is a great pick at number 18. So, uh, my bad. Go ahead. My bad. And it it solves a needed tackle. You got to protect your quarterback. Yeah, no doubt, man. So, next up at 19, I got the Washington football team going with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. So, you know, Washington, at this point, they're out of the sweepstakes for all of the top quarterbacks. You know, I want to go on the record and say with this 19th pick, I was thinking maybe I wouldn't be shocked if they make a trade for a guy like a Jordan Love, maybe, from the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, if they stay put right here, I think they'll definitely invest in their defense and let Ryan Fitzpatrick run things for a season. Uh, you know, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa he's about as versatile as a defender in this draft. We know, you know, they already have one of the best defensive lines in the draft. So, you know, pretty much his strength is as a coverage linebacker. And so he had, he had a completely different dimension to Ron Rivera's defense. So I think that's a pretty good pickup for them. 
And the thing is with him, you know, he's six foot two, two hundred twenty pounds. He played fifty seven percent of his snaps as slot cornerback, and he played thirty eight percent outside linebacker and five percent of inside linebacker. So he offers you a tremendous amount of versatility to a defense that's already stacked on every level. Exactly, and when you have a defensive minded coach like Ron Rivera, man, you know, you can, you know, pretty much make up any defensive scheme you want with guys like that. Definitely, definitely. At the number 20 spot, I have the Chicago Bears taking cornerback Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Ah. Newsom at, at six foot, 190 pounds. He has solid size, has great speed. And uh, last season, he allowed a, he didn't get targeted much, only got targeted 35 ga- times in six games. He allowed a, a 3.4 total QBR when he was targeted last season. Now keep in mind, average is 50. He allowed one of 3.4. So that goes to show that it's a no-fly zone when you throw the ball this way. Ah, man. Pretty sure you heard me. But, yeah, this is a nice pickup. Greg Newsom's a nice player. Uh, you know, to some people, he's arguably or could be ultimately the best corner to come out in this draft. You know, his his hips are fluid. He has great footwork, and, you know, he's really good in this position. And so definitely a great pickup getting Greg Newsome in this spot. So maybe maybe that might shake up these next few picks a little bit. So we're, we're about to see. At, at the number 21 overall spot with the Indianapolis Colts, I had them selecting wide receiver Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. <sighs> what's what's wrong, man? <laughs> I'll take him at I'll take him at twenty two with the Titans, right? Yep. I figured, I figured, I figured that was gonna be the spot, but you know, pretty much he's a great slot receiver. You know, he's a possession guy, and he could be a dynamic downfield threat. You know, he's really shot up draft boards. Uh, you know, pretty much cemented himself as the fourth best wide receiver in this draft. And for the Indianapolis Colts, he'll bring a lot of juice to their passing game. Uh, you know, he's quick in and out of his routes. He brings a lot of toughness, and he's reliable when it comes to catching the football. I can't get mad at that pick. I, I was taking him next, so he, he is a monster. Uh, runs very crisp routes. Reliable hands and is a monster out of the slot position. Yes, sir. I had to, man. You gotta get but this quest another weapon. That's that's fine with me because at net at number twenty two, I have the Tennessee Titans taking wide receiver Kadarius Tony out of the University of Florida. Okay, okay, okay. So Tony, five foot eleven, hundred ninety three pounds, is ultra quick. In and out of his breaks, and he offers instant impact as a slot receiver and in the return game. I'm sure you saw him uh, as a game. He's a game breaking player, and have him opposite, you know, of uh, of AJ Brown, and pair him, you know, with Derrick Henry with the jet sweeps and stuff like that. You just got to get on the ball in space, and he's going to do what he does. And so that's uh, for me. That's a great pick for Tennessee. If they can get Kadarius Tony there, uh, that's that'll be a great pick for them. And it feels a need with Corey Davis being gone. Yeah, man, that's a yeah, really, really solid pick. Like you said, uh, I really like Kadarius Tony. He brings a lot of speed to the table. 
Uh, you know, if you didn't take him, I was definitely going to draft him a few spots down. But luckily, I think that's a pill I can swallow. But definitely a good draft, draft pick right there in that spot. So next up, the New York Jets at number 23 overall. Of course, this is their second first-round pick. I was really torn on whether or not I should get uh, a weapon for Zach Wilson. But uh, I have them going pass rusher Aziz Ojalari out of Georgia. (laughs) Uh, You know, his first step quickness is, you know, at an elite level. And, you know, that's something the Jets really need on their defense. Well, Robert Sala, we know Nick Bosa was pretty much his go-to guy. And that's what a guy like Aziz can bring to the table with his speed and quickness. And he has an array of pass rush moves. Uh, So, you know, I guess really, I guess his only, the only knock on his game would be, you know, how he struggles with bigger offensive linemen. But other than that, man, like I said, with his speed and quickness and, you know, how he gets off the ball, he's almost unguardable. He's, I think he's one of the best, if not the best, pass rusher in this class. I think he's best suited on a 3-4 system, and we know Robert Sala runs a 4-3, uh, but I think he'll, they'll find a way to use him properly and, you know, to the best, to his best, to properly, you know, uh, sh- showcase his skill set. Yeah, man. You know, I think as long as you got a coach that knows what he's doing, I think you can always find a good fit for talent, man. And like you said, Aziz Ajalar is about as talented as he gets in this draft. So this is a great value pick at 23 for me. Definitely. Now I think I think I'ma shake up things a little bit here. So you talk Uh-oh. about talent talent, you know, with Pittsburgh with the number twenty four pick, you know, I think Najee Harris is that's who I have him taking at number twenty four. Mm. Uh, Najee Harris to me is the best running back in this class. I don't think it's I don't think it's that close. I think he's the best receiver. I think he's the best pure runner. He's not the fastest, but he's one of the most athletic. You see, you see him routinely jump over guys at six foot two, two hundred thirty pounds. He's a ballerina with his feet, and he reminds me of guys like Le'Veon Bell and uh, Matt Forte, who a lot of people seem to forget was uh, a dynamic two way back for a long time in Chicago. So, I think he has a solid ceiling. He has a great ceiling. Like I said, he can either be Matt Forte or Le'Veon Bell, and either way, those are two great backs. Yeah, man. You know, actually, I'm a big fan of this pick. I actually want the Steelers to draft Najee and Real uh, in the actual draft. So, uh, like you said, at 6'2", 230, man, you know, on his feet, he's as smooth and graceful as it gets. You made the perfect comparisons. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Le'Veon Bell, especially in this prime uh, or at his peak. And, of course, like you said, Matt Forte. He was arguably, you know, for some, the best running back um, in the twenty in the two thousands on in the twenty ten. So, uh, definitely a great pick for Pittsburgh. So, with the twenty fifth overall pick, with the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars second first round pick, I have them taking safety, Travon Morick. Uh. Uh, he's out of TCU. Uh, he's easily the best safety prospect in this draft. 
He's a rangy cover guy. He's a ball hawk. He's versatile. And, you know, he can play on special teams if you need him to. And, you know, guys who are willing to play on special teams and do dirty work, you always love guys like that on your team. So, you know, coming in, you got Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick. So, you know, next best thing outside of going with the offensive weapon is get is building up that defense. Definitely. That's a that's a great pick as well. That is a great pick as well. I cannot argue with that. He's the best safety in this draft. Uh, can play deep center field and can come up and hit when you need him to. Yeah, man, no doubt. Good pick for Urban Meyer. So, you know, really an A-plus first round for the Jaguars, I say. Definitely. Now, with this next pick here, I, originally I thought about going uh, pass rusher, uh, but the Cleveland Browns did add Jadavion Clowney in free agency, and they also already have Miles Garrett. So, for me, I'm going to go cornerback opposite of Denzel Ward, and I'm going to go with Asante Samuel Jr., Another guy with uh, uh, oh man, what? Another guy with you know with NFL blood. His dad played for the New England Patriots. Was a great corner for a long time. Uh, so I'm going with Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, he's standing at five foot ten, 180 pounds. Uh, has solid technique. Has you know great ball production. Like I said, he has you know a great understanding of the game. He's uh, you know he has a book. Great footwork. Smooth back pedal. Uh, he's physical, and he, like I said, he sticks. He sticks in coverage. He's, he does. He does. He does everything. He does it at a high level. Man, yeah, like you said, Asante Samuel Jr. He's nice. Uh, of course, you know his father played in the NFL. He was nice as well. But you know he's nice in zone coverage as far as watching the quarterback. He, you know, is another guy fluid hips. And he's not afraid to tackle. You know, I'm actually hoping that the 49ers would trade back up into the first round and take Asante Samuel to replace Richard Sherman. But, you know, at 26 for the Cleveland Browns, this is a great pickup for them. Definitely. So, at 27 overall, you're, you know, a team near and dear to your heart. The Baltimore Ravens, with their first of two first-round picks, I have them drafting wide receiver Terrace Marshall of LSU. Uh, You know, we all pretty much at this point know what Lamar brings to the table and who Lamar Jackson is. But, you know, they've been absent of a number one receiver ever since he's been under center. And so this is the opportunity to get a guy who could possibly step in and fill that role. You know, unfortunately, at least at this point in his career, Hollywood Brown hasn't lived up to that bill. So a guy like Terrence Marshall Jr., I think he does have the talent and the potential, uh, you know, with his catch radius, his route running, as well as his run after the catch ability. Uh, to step in and really be a dynamic weapon for Lamar. That's a great pick. And I, I also thought he would have been available maybe at 31 as well, possibly. Uh, but that's a great pick. Wide receiver is a position of need. I know they added Sammy Watkins, but Sammy Watkins and you know Hollywood Brown, neither one of those guys have proven to be a number one receiver in this league. And I think 
you know, that Terrace Marshall can be that. He's six foot two, 205 pounds, has a great catch radius, put up a lot, scored a lot of touchdowns during his time at LSU, can play inside and he can play outside. So he offers some versatility there. No doubt, man. I like this pick a lot. So at the next pick, the New Orleans Saints. So we we all know the Saints don't have many holes, if any, on their roster. Uh, but I will say outside of, you know, Michael Thomas and, you know, Alvin Kamara, I think, you know, there's a need for maybe another receiver. And I'm going Rashad Bateman out of the University of Minnesota. Uh, mm. Six foot, six foot one, 190 pounds. Uh, is very physical, and he has a great release off the line of scrimmage. And he can take some pressure off a guy like Michael Thomas in the receiving game. Man, yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely a pickup that I like. You know, Rashad Bateman, he's a very elusive receiver. Uh, he's a yak guy. He's a competitor. And he's a good route runner. You know, I think he doesn't really have that top-end speed that you look for at the receiver position. Uh, but definitely a guy that can make some people miss in the open field. And, you know, like I said, he has good route running ability. So that actually, you know, you've taken two of my three options that I had on my draft board with this pick. So I actually, you know, I'm not mad at the option left. So at 29 overall, I have the Green Bay Packers going wide receiver and getting a weapon for Aaron Rodgers with wide receiver Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Uh, he's a guy, you know, very explosive, arguably one of, one of the most explosive receivers in this draft. Uh, he has boatloads of speed. That was evident, you know, with his blazing 40-yard dash time. And, you know, he can make a lot of people miss. So, I like this investment for Aaron Rodgers, getting him another weapon opposite of Devontae Adams and Rondell Moore. So it will be the first. It will be the first time that they've gotten him a first round receiver. So uh, they need they need a weapon opposite of Devontae Adams. Uh, after last season, I I could see him facing a lot of double teams, and Rondell Moore is a game breaker with his with his speed and athleticism. No doubt, uh, you know. They had a need at cornerback also, but I think, like you said, it, the need at wide receiver with the way the draft boards fell was more uh, prominent. So I really wanted Asante Samuel for them, but you, you got to him right before I did. So, <laughs> so okay. So with our next pick here, at the Buffalo Bills at number 30. So I'm kind of torn between the two guys I want to take here. I'm going to go defense. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa, linebacker out of Tulsa. Uh, Collins is a unique prospect. He's six foot four, 260 pounds. Uh, he has a rare, bleed of si a rare blend of size and skill. He can play any linebacker spot. Plus, he can play a little DN if you need him to. So he offers some positional versatility and is going to add to a team that was, you know, in the AFC Championship game last year. Man, that's a, you know, really good pick at number 30 for the Bills, you know. They're really trying to get over that hump and defeat the Chiefs. And, you know, one of the big objectives is getting to Patrick Mahomes. And Zayvon Collins, he's as raw as it gets. He has a lot of untapped potential. And, you know, he's arguably a top 15 talent in this draft. 
So as I said, you know, at number thirty, this is a steal for me, in my opinion. It is, and I, I'm excited to see how they how they're going to use them, how they decide to use them. No doubt, man. Uh, you know, I think Doug McDermott, their head coach, you know, he's a defensive guy. Uh, I think he'll definitely be able to get the most out of them. Oh yeah, and I think you meant Sean McDermott. You said Doug McDermott. Oh, yeah, my bad. That's what I meant, Sean McDermott. I'm thinking about uh basketball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, next up with the second – with their second first-round pick at number 31 overall, I have the Baltimore Ravens selecting offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Uh, he's a physical right tackle. You know, pretty much uh, he is very physical, has a lot of size and strength at the position. Uh, And, you know, one thing I like about him most, he's a finisher in the run game. And, you know, that's what you need, especially in this offense with Lamar Jackson. And, of course, you know, they just traded Orlando Brown to the Kansas City Chiefs. So he can step in right on opposite side of of Ronnie Stanley. Uh, and be the right tackle for now and for the future. That's uh, that's an excellent, excellent pick. Tackle, right tackle specifically, uh, is a need with them just trading away Orlando Brown Jr. to the Kansas City Chiefs. Actually, so it feels a, it feels a need for them. Yeah, exactly, man. So I think another good pick. So why don't you round it out for us, man? All right, so with the final and 32nd pick of the first round, I have the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting defensive tackle Christian Barmore from the University of Alabama. Uh, pretty much this is just adding for death purposes. They return all 22 starters, which is an absolute rarity, especially in the NFL, and I think they get the best interior pass rusher in the draft. Uh, Ndamukong and Sue will be 34 soon, so you know I don't know how much time he has left, and he also only signed a one-year deal. So when Sue retires, you know, Barmore feels right in. I and mean, I'm pretty sure he's going to be, you know, in the rotation this year because his pass rush skills are undeniable as a de- as an interior defensive lineman. Yeah, man, this is another good pick on your part. Uh, Barmore wanted to, you know, it's really not a great defensive line draft, you know, especially on the interior. Uh, and Barmore is as good as it gets there. Uh, he was a really good player for Alabama. Uh, you know, he has a lot of power, strong hands, and he's versatile. So I think it's a great pick for the defending Super Bowl champs. And, you know, what better guys to go in and play with than, you know, Nagadama Kansu, Vita Vea, and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. Definitely. Like I said, I think it's more of a depth pick more than anything. I don't think he'll play that much this year unless uh, Vita Vea or – and Adamakasu uh, gets injured. I see that's the only reason I can see him playing significant snaps. But I do expect him to at least be in a rotation. Right. And, you know, it goes back to my point earlier. You know, you can never have enough passwords. So. That is true. We saw that in, in it. Saw that in the, in the Super Bowl. They got after Pat Mahomes. Exactly. And now they just added strength on top of strength. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, even with that, Kansas City got better, too. Added a franchise tackle, added one of the best guards in football. Uh, so they're they're definitely trying to strengthen the offensive line. <laughs> right. 
Man, so you know, I, I think you know you had a lot of good picks. Of course, most notably that that Trey Lance to Atlanta pick was probably your most interesting pick for me, in my opinion. Uh, I know I stole a couple of your guys, but you know, pretty you much for the most people. part. <laughs> I think for the so I'm guessing based off some of your reactions. Uh, I I guess I stole more of your guys than you did me. I think on yeah. a lot of my, I got my number one option highlighted. Yeah, I had I had pretty much had them in order. I told you I had about three or four guys besides each pick, so I pretty much had them in order. So you took, right. and I know you, most notably you took Patrick Sertan from took him from me early. Yeah, and see that only happened because uh they couldn't go quarterback. So if it or, you know, after Patrick Sertain, I had them taking Michael Parsons. Okay. Well, I actually had them taking Michael Parsons, uh, too. So Right. But I pick, I figured Patrick Sertain wasn't going to get taken before nine. So Yeah. I thought I thought 10 was the perfect spot for him. So but I think I think we did a great job overall. We'll see tomorrow how how everything shakes out. Man, I just really hope my 49ers don't break my heart. Uh, it sounds like they might. You know, we we just going to see. I'm just going to – right now, I'm going to err on the side that nobody knows what they're talking about. <laughs> We're going to see. We're going to see. No doubt, man. Well, did you have anything else, bro? Nah, nothing else I wanted to add. All right. Well, as always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, hopefully everybody's team does well. Of course, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be analyzing and looking at things that go down in the NFL draft. Uh, so as always, uh, we appreciate the support. Follow us on our group on Facebook, uh, Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can find our podcast on pretty much any podcast listening platform, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera. I am Quentin Douglas. This is Jimmy Covington. All right. We're out. All right. That'll do it. Deuces. All right.